Welcome into the Friday edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser, Dave Wilson here with you after a, well, a whirlwind week inside the Statehouse here in Columbia. But we're going to expand the view a little bit and talk about some national topics. And we begin with, well, the greatest of games, the oldest of games. The Olympic Games are back. The Winter Olympics are taking place in China this go around. And it's weird because we just, I feel like we just had the Olympics. We did. We, we did. We did. We, <laughs> okay. we, we, we had the COVID Olympics. We had the COVID Olympics. And now we have the, the regular Olympics. Which aren't very regular because they're in China. Yeah, it, you know, besides the time difference, right. I'm at the gym on Friday morning. I'm at the gym and I'm watching the opening ceremonies and being told that I'll be able to watch the opening ceremonies tonight. <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching them live. And then, you know, it is half a world away. Right. And, and, but and American primetime. Not just half a world away, but certainly a lot of things are different in China than they are in the United States of America. Here's the big concern from a lot of folks is the authoritarian regime that currently exists in China. Shocking that it's a concern uh, what's happening with Xi Jinping and the tracking of folks in and around China and their suppression of, well, any sort of any sort of combatant. And I use that in quotes viewpoint. Mitch, when when you send world athletes over to this country, mm-hmm. there are serious security concerns that There's arise. No doubt about that. You know, the Chinese government, the uh, People's Republic of China, sure has been known to uh, keep tabs on some of its citizens. In fact, they have rolled out one of the most aggressive um, social campaigns to track the movement and to provide incentive for. Um, loving the good leader so beijing's filled with it um they're known for it and to think that they would do anything less for those coming into the country would i think be a non-starter so as we send our olympic athletes and no doubt there will be those americans that will go over to root on their countrymen and cheer on the good old red white and blue i think they're grave concerns for the privacy and security of not just you, but anybody that you love moving from the point that you enter into the country from the time that you leave. We've heard some reports of what's going to happen there with potential tracking software that will be placed on your devices or even your passport or your driver's license, and then what they can do with that from there on forward. And this sounds like tinfoil hat kind of stuff. It almost becomes this moment out of the book of Ezekiel because you put that with the headline that comes from Reuters today talking about Putin meeting with Xi in a show of solidarity. It's the U.S. warns China against helping Russia evade the Ukraine-linked sanctions. I mean, my gracious, can we have more things happening on the world front that I don't know, just kind of feels like maybe I'm going through a Tim LaHaye book again and, and prophecies beginning to happen. Yeah. It's amazing how it links up. You say, well, why are you guys talking about the Olympics? First of all, I like the Winter Olympics. I yep. don't know if I'll watch them willingly i don't know if i'll watch them but i do enjoy the winter olympics there's some there's some great events in the olympics i i love i love the downhill skiing and and i love the luge and curling of course that's what i was about to say guilty pleasure there's nothing better than curling you become it's amazing how when these events they only come around every four years but you become an expert in them for two weeks and you are really (laughs) invested i can get that brush out there and i can really make you can really go oh my Uh, word it's just like in the summer olympics the ping pong it's amazing or, or the fencing you know but why Why does this matter? And Dave draws a good point there. You have right now these spheres of influence beginning to 
sort of mesh together because the United States, we are currently faced with with an interesting dynamic at, at the border of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And how does the United States respond? How does NATO respond? What is Russia going to do? All of that's formulating. And now you have this coming around with China hosting the Olympics, uh, the president of Russia meeting with the the leader of the Communist Party <laughs> right. of China. And then on top of that, what's going to happen after the Olympics are done? Because it, it's widely seen, right? You're talking about what happens if Russia moves into Ukraine. Does that give the green light to China to move on Taiwan? It is amazing what can happen over the next couple weeks. And it's why it's so important that we need to be diligent and understanding of the events that are going on. Absolutely. I, I don't know how long this has been a feature of the Olympic Games, whether the winter or the summer games, but there's always, in my recent memory, I mean, going back probably 100 years, there's always been a diplomatic component to the games. Uh, if you go back oh, yeah. to the German games in the 30s, uh, there were several that protested because of what Hitler was doing. The same thing happened in the 70s. The same thing happened in the 80s. The Russians didn't come to America's games in Lake Placid and vice versa. There's always been a diplomatic... There's all, The Olympics are really cool because it's sports and I'm a guy and I like sports, but there's also the reality that this is country meeting country. I'll never forget watching the Afghanistan soccer, almost a football, but I'm an American, so it's soccer, watching them play in 2004 in Athens, how incredible that was to see them play. I'll never forget even watching women from these newly freed countries like Afghanistan run. They ran in those games. That's significant for uh, them and their accomplishments and their freedom. But there's also a great component here, which is diplomatic and state on state, country on country, coming together and trying to play nice in the sandbox doesn't always work out. It doesn't. Now, there is one person who is saying that our athletes should play nice in the sandbox. Yeah. This from the Speaker of the House of the United States. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. I worry I about say, what I worry about what's what's going to happen in America. Yeah, <laughs> and what the policies are coming out of Washington D.C. So this is the same lady, Justin, that said those that bowed or took a knee during the national anthem or during the Pledge of Allegiance. This is the same lady that took a knee in the rotunda of the Capitol. Correct. And called it courageous. Correct. Um, I would you can pro- you can protest you can protest things that America does, but you can't protest the things that the Chinese Communist Party because does. Because we're bad, but they're good. Is that the that's a non sequitur? Let's, let's just be real honest. Okay. I do not want to get myself caught in a Chinese gulag personally. <laughs> that's true. I mean, yeah, no, I agree, I agree with, with you. I don't want to be in a Chinese gulag. I I I, I trust I run, I trust an American jail and prison more than I do anything else, you know, in a Chinese prison system. So I think we have to look at this and go, okay, her point is this, you know, do what you're going to do, go over, play your games, let it be let it be part of the Olympic spirit. But why in the world do you want to turn around and do the other things that I find more and more athletes trying to do right now and let me make my political statement? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are places to do that. Why don't you get back on American soil before you turn around sure. where you actually have, I don't know, a First Amendment right, right. and be able to have that statement? Right. Go over. 
play the games <laughs> two weeks, the Fortnite over in Beijing, and then mm -hmm. come back. Mm -hmm. And then you can talk all about it with your gold medals around your neck. Win. So that you have a platform yeah. upon which you can then speak yeah. about what you saw, what you experienced, and what you think. I, Enos Cantor. Uh, Justin, you reminded me of the name just a moment Enos ago. Enos Cantor Freedom. There you go. Changed his name. He comes out and speaks against the NBA's uh, deal with the People's Republic of China. Yeah. China. And he gets blackballed. He gets... Well, I will say that his yeah. that his his stance, I mean, he was a target of a foreign government for a while. So Enos Cantor is sort of the counterculture to what had really taken place in the NBA for quite a bit. And actually, Dave, to your point, what at least I'm seeing and maybe others are seeing this too is we're seeing less and less of what had really peaked during the during the Trump administration. It's waning. There are reasons for that, but it's kind of waning, and I think people are are, are, are coming back down to there's a time and a place mm -hmm. and, and, a, and a pedestal and, and, a, and a seat at the table to do this, but not at this time. And, and it would be interesting to see how the athletes respond, specifically uh, uh, American athletes and others from free countries when it comes to participating in these games. Justin, I think it's safe for me to say this on behalf of all three of us at the table, I, and, I, and I'm not speaking on behalf of you, but I think you would agree with me. What the Chinese are doing to the Uyghurs is wrong. Yes. It's a moral atrocity. It's evil. But I can say that safely behind a mic in Columbia, South Carolina, far, far away from what's happening there. There are Christians who are citizens of the communist nation of China who are being persecuted every day. There are Muslims who are being persecuted every day. And by persecuted, I don't mean that, you know, they, they get slapped on the hand. They're being martyred for their faith. Mm -hmm. And that's significant. And so as I sit behind this microphone here at a table in a safe environment, and as these athletes go over there and live in an Olympic village where they are highly secured and, and well-maintained and kept safe, it's important for us to understand that there are people right now, literally right now as you're listening to this, who are living out persecution and martyrdom for their faith. Right. And that's significant, yes, even when it comes to a game like Apollo Ono skating around an ice arena. We make the transition here to what's happening stateside, and by stateside, I mean the United States of America, where we continue to see folks really stepping in it when it comes to critical race theory and their beliefs on how race is constructed. This is from the New York Times, which you probably know the story. Whoopi Goldberg is one of the hosts of The View on America's Broadcasting Corporation, and she made a statement. They were discussing the Holocaust. I still am unsure what led to the discussion. <laughs> Who knows? But she is a co-host of The View. She will now be suspended for two weeks. Uh, that suspension started on Wednesday. She apologized later, but she said on the show repeatedly on Monday that the Holocaust was not about race. In the episode, Ms. Goldberg said the Holocaust was, quote, about man's hum inhumanity to man and, quote, not about race. And when someone challenged the assertion, she said, quote, but these are two white groups of people. This is a this is white people doing it to white people. So y'all going to fight amongst yourselves. She then has been suspended because, as ABC has announced, while Whoopi has apologized, we've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. The entire ABC News organization stands in solidarity with our Jewish colleagues, friends, family, and communities. Uh, let's, let's start from the basis here. A simple reading 
of not a history book. Don't even read an academic history book from a high school or a grade school <laughs> library. Don't even read that. Don't, don't even read that. You can read two books. You can read A Diary of Anne Frank, mm -hmm. and you can read Mein Kampf. Yeah. Both of those make it abundantly clear that the Holocaust was about race. Well, and this is where race is not necessarily skin color. Bingo. This is the part where Whoopi Goldberg's viewpoint on what race is is very short-sighted. It is American view of race. Mm-hmm not worldview of race. And if you look at that, that's where the distinction comes into play. And maybe Whoopi needs to go back to school to actually learn what race is, that it has less to do with your skin color than it has to do with your heritage. Really what it has to do with is, is ethnos, a grouping of people and tribalism. And one thing that we as Americans have never had to really worry about because we're the melting pot of civilization, and that's the way our founders beautifully set it up, is that the rest of the world, and increasingly so here in America, as we're now seeing, thanks, Whoopi, that America is increasingly tribal. And the world has always been tribal in nature. It is me against you. It is my people, my blood, my heritage against you. And that's a human problem. It is. and this is, But this is the place where, you know, ABC's getting us wrong. Keep in mind, ABC, owned by Disney. Yeah. The Go Network. Disney Plus. Gina Carano. ESPN. So, you know, you got Gina Carano who basically loses her spot on their, yeah. on Disney Plus's The Mandalorian mm -hmm. because of comments that she made, but Whoopi gets a two week, a two week reprieve. Here you go for with some, cancel culture. You know, and, well, and that's, just, I, I don't understand that point. Well, here's my take on cancel culture. I don't even totally think that she should have been suspended. Now, here's why I say that. Sure. Because we've made the bed. Now we have to lay in it. Yeah. That if you say one thing that could be taken out of turn, you're going to be canceled. The simple fact is, yeah, she was wrong. 100%. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely about race and she shouldn't have said it. But in the same way, I'm looking at this at the situation with Joe Rogan and Spotify. There you go. Where Joe Rogan is, Joe Rogan is not conservative, people. <laughs> Joe Rogan is not a leading conservative voice. He openly said he'd vote for Bernie. He's a giant he's, L he's libertarian. He's a big L libertarian. Here's, here's why people are upset with Joe Rogan. Here's why folks like uh, Prince Harry and, and Meghan Markle are threatening to pull their one podcast off of Spotify. <laughs> it's because he brings on people they don't agree with. And he's giving a platform for people to express their views and actually have legitimate, thoughtful discussions. Joe Rogan's podcast sometimes lasts three and a half to four hours. Yeah. And sometimes, you know what they're doing in the room? Depending on the person he's interviewing, they're sitting around talking about things and smoking pot. Like, that's really what they're doing. Yeah. And it just infuriates these elitists who don't want people to have conversations outside of the realm of what they're comfortable with. Just as you all understand, those of you who are listening, we are not sitting around in the room having a discussion smoking pot. That's correct. We that are going to talk about pot in a few minutes. Yeah. But, but I think this is the place that we always talk about this. I believe in the marketplace of ideas. Yes. yes. You know, and and I'm going to jump over into to the discussion real quick about the the medical marijuana debate that's going on right now in the South Carolina Senate. I step on the elevator in the Gresset Building. That's the Senate Office Building for those of you who who don't know. It's the Senate Office Building on the State House Complex, and I'm getting on the elevator with Senator Tom Davis, the the sponsor of the medical marijuana legislation, and we have a good conversation 
about where the legislation is, the concerns that we have about it, things that can actually be done. And he's like, you know what? There's places where we probably need to make some changes. Yeah. Because when you actually get past the posturing, you can actually make things happen. And that's, you know, that's it's a biblical standpoint of looking at how do we relate with other people. But again, Joe to Joe Rogan's point, he I would much rather have a four-hour conversation and really begin to start seeing a different perspective, have that that moment of, listen, we can agree to disagree, but let's get the ideas out there. Because I think when you do that, the better ideas begin to float to the top. And it's like the cream, you know, eventually yeah. it makes its way up to the top. To your point, Dave, and and go back to something I said just a moment ago. We are intrinsically tribal by nature. That's what we are. When the tribal elders speak, we listen. When those that lead who we are say something, we listen. So when people are telling you, don't go talk to other people, naturally you listen. At some point, we've got to break that cycle that is devolving our environment, our culture. We have become increasingly segmented, tribalistic in nature. You've got a neighbor in your community right now, in your neighborhood. You've got a next door neighbor that you haven't talked to in days, weeks, months, if ever. Bake a cake, make some brownies, probably not pot-filled brownies, uh, but make something. Go over and have a conversation. Let your kids ride bikes together. Make conversation. I don't have anything in common with them. Oh, yes, you do. You can speak to them. And I believe firmly believe outside of Jesus Christ, who is the answer to all of these issues, one of the greatest solutions to the tribalism that we face in this world, and as Americans, call me naive, is that we start talking to each other. We have conversations. Are you going to agree with them on 100% of everything? Listen, my wife doesn't agree with me on 100% of everything. She'll say amen to that. We can talk about things. We can get along Go do it. They're not going to come to you. You go do it yourself. There, there are plenty of ways that we can find some common ground in this country. And what's interesting is everything that's happening, when you look at these instances in a vacuum, they don't seem connected. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got ABC suspending Whoopi Goldberg for her comments about the, the Holocaust. You have Joe Rogan, who is... I don't even say fighting to keep his podcast on Spotify because no. he could leave it if he wanted and Spotify could get rid of him if he want if he, if they wanted and they're not going to do it because it's a lot of money. And then you have the leader of CNN worldwide resigning this week. <laughs> you don't think all of these are related in some way? No, they absolutely are because just earlier this week a correspondent for CNN uh, Mr. Stelter said that Americans should trust newsrooms like CNN more because they have actual medical and health departments doing research into stories. They shouldn't trust people like Joe Rogan because he just goes in there, sits down behind a microphone, and speaks off the cuff. All will, willy-nilly, huh? All willy-nilly. Yeah. <laughs> now, all of these are connected, y'all, because we are at the point, seemingly, where we're more divided than ever on many different issues, it seems. But it's hard to differentiate truth for people. They're searching desperately for this mm-hmm. truth. Whether you believe truth is being covered up, whether you believe truth isn't being fully given on any sort of topic. I, I take you back to, you can go to any gospel account. Uh, what is truth, mm, right? Yeah. 
What mm-hmm. is truth? Yeah. And the the question that Pilate asks, what is truth? Turns out his wife actually knew the truth. Pilate's <laughs> yeah. wife knew the truth. Um, Lesson for you men out there. Right. Uh, she actually knew she was already a converted uh, Jew and then later mm-hmm. converted to Christianity after the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And then that question, what is truth, is still being asked all the way up now to mm-hmm. the year of our Lord, 2022, yeah. from folks who are trying to figure out what exactly happened with Jeff Zucker. Why did he Why did he resign from CNN? Why did Whoopi Goldberg say what she said? Does she not understand the truth of these historical accounts? Or, or does she understand the truth and is willfully ignoring them? And then you have people who are saying, wait, why are people wanting to cancel Joe Rogan over just having conversations? Are they trying to hide the truth? What's really happening with, with pandemics and epidemics across, and endemics across the world? Mm-hmm. And then let's go back to China for a second. They're actively putting a clamp down on truth. In their country, you talked about it with the with the martyring of of Christians. Mm-hmm. And by the way, just as a, a quick tongue and cheek aside, no matter who has the most gold medals in the Olympic Games this year, we all know North Korea is going to have the winning medal <laughs> count. That's what they say every time for the Olympics in North Korea. So we're all talking about suppressing truth. Every single one of these stories, at the end of the day, wraps back to truth and what is truth. So I find it very ironic because the recovering journalist side of me, I was on the radio with WVOC uh, on Friday morning. And as I am in in show prep, I'm listening to it and I'm listening to the show with Gary David and uh, Christopher Thompson. And and there's a, a segment that they're doing about a reporter who is questioning the validity Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. information that's being presented by the state department on military intelligence. And he was like, well, the reporter says, well, where are you getting this information from? And the and the the guy, the spokesman said, I just gave it to you. Well, it was a wonderful back and forth. <laughs> well, where's where can I verify that information? I gave you the information. Yeah. And 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 you begin back in the day, and I have some journalist friends of mine who who will call me off the record and go, can you confirm a piece of information for me that I can't find what's going on at the state house? Sure, I'll be glad to, to, to give you a confirmation of something if we know what's going on. But, you know, it was always, you need two confirmable sources yeah. before you can report anything. It doesn't mean that, you know, when another organization reports a piece of information that, oh, we can just run with it now because, no, you need two independent places to be able to confirm that what you're hearing. And, you know, I begin to question a lot of things. He said, she said. And right. that's really what we have in the mainstream media right now is a lot of, well, they said it, so I'll say it. And right. they live in an echo chamber. And Jesus says it perfectly, of course, in John fourteen six, and says, I, I exclusively am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by or through me. I watched that clip from the State Department press conference. It was about five minutes in length. And the interesting part is you could see the the man at the podium kept adjusting and the face got really flushed and the reporter just continues to ask, no, I know you said it, but you know and I know that that's not a source. I need evidence. You saying it is not evidence, mm-hmm. right? That's not evidence. That's just a claim. 
Yeah. I have to have evidence to back up the claim. There you go. When are you going to release this information? Well, we can print out a transcript of what I just said. He goes, that's not the same. I need evidence. <laughs> are you, is this thing on? He said, uh, yeah. he, he said we, and I, and again, I went, I went to school for journalism. Yeah. I graduated with a journalism degree. I went through all the classes. Now I don't have nearly the amount of experience in the field as, as, as the man to my right does. But even in school, you're talking, that doesn't mean anything. You you have to have some sort of sourcing and some sort of evidence in the search for truth. And that's really what we're looking for. Yeah. That's what all of us are looking for every single day is more and more truth to inject into our lives. So not to get all preachy or anything, but we have that in Jesus. I mean, he is the one that shows us not only that he's the way, the truth, the life, he proves it out in the resurrection. And so as you desperately search for truth, because I believe many of us, many of you out there listening are desperately searching for truth. And you hear this and you wonder, is that right? You hear that and you wonder, is that crazy? And we go back and forth. What is truth? Jesus is truth. And you can rest in that. As we wrap up our Friday edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, I want to remind you to stay tuned next week. We have a lot of information to throw at you. We have had interviews with Representative R.J. May of District 88 here in South Carolina. We'll be talking to Leah Savas of World News Group about life after Roe, both for pro-lifers and those who are pro-abortion. That's going to be a very interesting conversation, and you're going to want to listen to that. And, of course, we talked to a pro-life champion, Abby Johnson. That interview will be available next week as well. A lot going on in the State House still with the medical marijuana debate, which could wrap up next week, Dave. So Senate will be taking that bill up uh, in their third week of debate, which will kick in. And in their days where it seems like it's just this long sawing back and forth, I think we are going to see come Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, some sort of compromise language that's going to come down. There are a lot of places where they're trying to not establish the marijuana industrial complex. There are places where it's they need to probably try a little harder to be able to make some things happen. Uh, is this going to be moving forward? It looks like the vote count could be there. It really boils down to how well can they contain this and are they willing to vote for that then the process will then take it over to the south carolina house of representatives if the senate does vote it forward and if they pass it then it becomes a question for the governor welcome to 2022 gubernatorial election politics because this is going to be a place there where you start recognizing How much does this begin to play into the gubernatorial race? Because Joe Cunningham, one of the Democrats who is announced that he is going to run for governor, is totally for marijuana. Governor McMaster has remained relatively silent on this issue. It'll be very interesting to see how everything begins to play itself out as the bill moves forward and, and does what it's going to be doing both in the South Carolina Senate. If it's not stopped there, then what happens in the House? And then there will be more after that is passed or after that is not passed or however the resolution comes. There is more that will happen after that outside of just that bill. But you can stay connected with us by downloading the Palmetto Family Council app. You can follow us on Facebook where we will be updating you with, of course, the update that you can get weekly 
from the State House, as well as here on the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast. For Dave Wilson and Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you next week.